0: It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny.
1: You are welcome along to LOI Central on the back of Shamrock Rovers getting through to the next round of the Champions League qualifiers. Uh, we're going to hear from Kieran Kilduff today. He's coming into studio here in Oliver Marketing in Glasnevin and he's going to help us talk to Colin Healy, uh, former buds at Cork City, uh, about the amazing season that City are having and uh, his own ambitions as well, obviously linked to the Athlone Town job in recent times and his reflections on Europe because Europe is a big team uh, of the show. Today, Sligo like Rovers in Action Against Ballet town, Derry off to Riga, both trying to get through to the next stage of the Conference League, Uh, and St. Pat's obviously then in action uh, subsequently next week, so um, a hell of a lot to get through. We're going to hear from Stephen Bradley in uh, response to the game last night, we're going to hear from John Russell and Aidan Keena both ahead of the visit of Bala to Sligo Rovers, and obviously Sligo Rovers fans already thinking of Motherwell, but hoping that uh, it's not a a step too far because they are 2-1 up from the first leg. It's Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald, as ever, we are in association with Future Ticketing, who have been our sponsor since the start of last season and delighted with matters at the moment as League of Ireland crowds continue to prosper. The Porterhouse Brewery uh, is our second sponsor. Uh, thanks to the Porterhouse Brewery, we will have four beers to give away. We will give uh, the winner of last week's four beers as well. And Collar and & Cuff, uh, Decky, very us here in Glasnevin, will give a uh, free uh, shirt and tie if you buy a suit. And um, yeah, so we have a lot to get through on the show today. Uh, the mailbag and so on and so forth. Dan, what is the story?
2: It was a long intro, John. Long intro, yeah. That was... It was long.
1: I really lost, to get lost about half the listeners there. It was more
2: of a monologue. Really. Monologue. Good show like lined Johnny's, up, hopefully. Johnny's first thought, you know. And Cork was,
1: City v. Go United, it's the big one. You're like, oh, we need a European team Say The big games in Turners Cross. crossed, Dan.
2: But, uh, they're playing again, aren't they? So it's not, it's not the defining meeting in oh, the season between
1: them. I'd say it could be. Why? Just the points if uh, Cork City bees they're not dropping enough. So it's points. like this, like a Pat Dolan's column. Pa-
2: Pat Dolan's column in the Stars regularly declared Cork City as champions. Why right. would that be? Do you reckon he might be? <laughs> Why do you reckon that would?
1: Because be. he loved the rebel army. Yeah, you know he loved the rebel army. He, he doesn't, um, have,
2: doesn't have a does he? Have a stake in the game?
1: Um, well, he's he certainly does. He was widely praised uh, by John Caulfield in the match program on Friday for his role in Alex Murphy. Very good. Widely praised in his role with Galway United and um, his general, what he's given to Galway United for nothing back. Um, John Caulfield spoke at length in the programme about Alex Murphy, obviously played his last game on Friday.
2: What's happened here again? Why are we talking about Galway again?
1: Because you brought up Pat Dolan.
2: No, I just brought up Pat. I suggested, all I said was why would he be definitely Cork to win it? I think there again. might be a little. I, enjoy I his think col- there might be a game. I really enjoy there. his column every week. That column, mm. I'm pretty sure the first game of the season, he talks about Cork and Waterford's title challenge. I feel like it could his column potentially be some kind of mind game tactic? That could be. I mean, I wouldn't even want to speculate. He on did call type.
1: it earlier Nathan Collins didn't he? he Who's made a biggest move ever by an Irish player?
2: Most expensive Irish player mm. ever. Yeah, Cherry so, Orchard
1: netting a quarter of a million.
2: Yeah, so well, it's just, yeah, there's, there's there's protections there for for various um, clubs and the old solidarity payments for a fee of that size and so on. So Saint yeah.
1: James's Gate, sadly, uh, going uh, their demise announced this week was kind of brought me back to the days when you'd listen to the radio to see, like, who going out were playing in the FAI Cup and it might be, like, St James's Gate and they were always a fixture down the years and uh, it's sad when a club like that goes. We've had so many in the League of Ireland but, like, not that far from where both of us would have lived in Dublin.
2: No, I mean, that's it. Like, they are a, a quiz question, you know. Mm-hmm. Name the, the first the first league winner, the first FAI Cup winner. Now, obviously, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, the the, 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 the club has... You know, gone, gone kaput, and, and obviously, in, in recent years, it was obviously a shadow of what it used to be. Mm. In the sense of when I mean, they dropped out of the, the League of Ireland some time ago now, and, and clearly they had the reasons for for doing that at the time, um and they didn't have a, a schoolboy link as such, and it's harder. And I think it's more of a broader point, um like for I think amateur men's football in the country, um even participation can be a challenge. You know, a lot of people. Um, you know, they, they maybe prefer some social football now? I think even COVID maybe knocks some people out of the habit, maybe of, um, you know, the eleven side training and the commitment and so on. And I think this is obviously a a broader issue. I mean, Paddy Kavanaugh spoke last week about say, uh, you know, needing young players to maybe try to land for senior league and so on, and, and things aren't necessarily uh straightforward in um, in that world, um, so. Yeah and it's weird like we, we, we talk about that stuff and then you have European games this week where you know Shamrock Rovers have won what 600 grand last night to to make their minimum return 1.4 million You've got Sligo Rovers playing for 300 grand um, you know on top of what they're getting already and um, and you have this sort of uh, it's the weird economy of Irish football really mm. isn't it and um, it's 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 uh it's massively uh, unequal in many respects but but
1: there we go. Shamrock Rovers got the job done last night. Um, I, I, in the uh, we will hear from Stephen Bradley, but you did bring up Jack Byrne afterwards. I thought that was one of the highlights for Rovers. That um, I actually see I had a bet on Rovers to win the game, which I probably shouldn't have because it was clear that they were just managing things. In fairness, when Jack came on, started spraying the ball around a bit, and I was like, a Mac was on. Maybe they will score here. They didn't anyway. But I thought Jack came in and looked quite good. He looked comfortable and he'd be ready for Lugarets. Yeah,
2: it's probably a bad bet to. Put a bet on a team to win a game that doesn't even need to win it. Well, uh, that's obviously a, that's, that's obviously after the fact. Like, yeah, well, no. But yeah, but
1: I mean, you it's don't it's even it's know what the state. price was. What price Shamrock Rovers? Do you know what price? <laughs> so you don't like if you're offered six to one, it was obviously a good bet. I wasn't.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was six to
1: one? No, it was one of these was like car crash in slow motion, and they like, oh my god, I know it's hot, and I know like they're three 0 up, but um, Jack came on and did well. I thought, and he'd be vital next week. I, I think Rovers are going to massively, massively need to improve. And or I do wonder you you speak yeah. about the, the quality of Ireland. I'm just not sure they've been nearly challenged enough this season for the for the challenge they'll have next week.
2: Well, let's hear let's hear your brief your brief discussion with Stephen Bradley after
1: You must be really looking forward to kind of big nights in Tala now, because I, I guess like the players you could see even the last 50 minutes they wanted to they wanted to play, but it was just that sort of night. But like Tala, this you know you've had COVID, you've had like checker crowds and all that. This could be a special summer, maybe.
0: Yeah, hopefully. We put ourselves in a really strong position. Um, we know we have really big games now coming up for the next uh, month at least. Um, hopefully it's for the rest of the season. Um, and and uh, the crowd and talent is going to play a big part in that for us because we know uh, the next round is a step up in class. So we're, we're definitely going to need the crowd. They've been brilliant all year, to be fair to them. So uh, hopefully, like you said, there's many, many more special European nights to be had.
1: Um, I think defensively, you've kept four clean sheets out of the last six European games now, which you must be loyal with.
0: Yeah, because we, we know teams like to try and play on the break against us and hit us in transition, and um, that's it domestically and in Europe. So, so I thought we managed that really well, especially uh, away from home. We've managed that really well. We've tried to uh, slightly change teams, and the players have managed that really well. And um, because we're a, a possession based team and, and can be expansive at times, it's, uh, it's really important you respect the quality in Europe and, and like I said I thought the players were, were brilliant at doing that, uh, the uh last, the last few away games
1: With respect to Bernians like, are you actually prepared for the test ahead even from the, you know, your, your top of the league of Ireland because it's going to be so much stronger will you have the squad depth to deal with change the game and so on?
0: Yeah I think so I think this group is, is experienced um, we've been together a few years now we've played in big games um, both domestically and in Europe and, uh, and, we, and we'd be ready. We know our, it's a step up in class. We know they uh, a quality outfit. But, um, but we'd be ready. We'd be ready to go and win the tie.
1: How much does Europe mean to you?
0: Ah, Look, it's, it's what we all work for every day and every week. It's, it's where you want to be. It's where you want to test yourself as a, as a player, as a coach, as a manager. It's where you want to be. Um, and that's why we work so hard domestically every day and every week to put ourselves in this position. So it's, uh, it's fantastic.
1: Just finally, in terms of the financial footing this puts you on now, this must be a great boost for you going forward.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. I think it's brilliant for and it's important for any Irish team to do well in Europe. We know that, um, what it does for us financially. Um, and like I said, but hopefully it's only the start. Hopefully we can go on and kick on now and make sure we're playing European football for, for the rest of the season.
1: Actually, just one last question. Is is Justin likely to stay? I saw your quota today.
0: Hopefully, yeah. I think we're right down the road with that one. Justin... And uh, his parents have been really good to do it, um, so I don't see any issue there.
1: What did you make of it, Dan?
2: Now I do have to pull you up with one question on that. I think like stats, stats, and stats—you know—can completely distort reality. Like you can talk about them having four clean sheets in Europe; they conceded four goals in Estonia in, game, in their man. penultimate European away game. So, like, I don't. I think you know. Do you they, don't think their
1: defense is that solid, or I'm just saying
2: that defensively away from home in Europe, like, away from home in Europe, I mean, they were very open in Bratislava, and they conceded goals, and left themselves with too much to do at home, they conceded four in Estonia, and left themselves too much to do at home, yes, they did beat the Albanian team, um, away, but that was a second leg, as well So they had a 1-0 lead From the first game And it sort of Gave them something I don't know why and that's they, relevant And they weren't a great side What do you mean Why isn't that relevant Why
1: it was the second leg Relevant that they didn't concede I mean They were 1-0 up They were obviously under pressure They've gone away Twice My now. point
2: is that in, in the two games Where they were away first I think they were probably Quite open and I, and I think yeah. that like You know The second leg is I think it's more important uh, They're playing better opposition Yeah okay But I'm just saying that To portray it as though They've been this defensive machine In Europe is not true I didn't say that but you, you, but you kept, you kept fucking, four clean sheets In oh, your last kept, six but games it's, it, That was like honestly It was like a sort of a, a Daily Telegraph question To Boris Johnson there Poor To motor, be honest yeah. It was like yeah, You've got four clean sheets In your, in your six games In Europe Isn't your defensive record In Europe great oh, I don't know I don't know about that like, I, I thought they were Solid team,
1: defensively but, like, this is... I, I'm not sure they were solid sh- defense
2: last night against... Uh,
1: like, oh, Hibernian should have yeah.
2: scored twice last week in the break.
1: They should have scored in the first half last night as well. So,
2: like, so I just think, like, you know, I think when you talk about a team's t- clean sheet record, it needs to be s- supported by evidence of, like, rock-solid defending. I don't think you can say that about the European record. I think that's the concern. I, I, I was asking him
1: a question. I don't even exactly remember how, how it happened though. <laughs> you, 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 you were... Many so goals to concede in the league. It was
2: like uh, it was it was like the monorail question. You know, it was effectively a version what was, of that. Oh, I don't know what, what's the. What what's was the, the uh, monorail question? I can't remember, but it was something about yeah. fawning and and sort of. Uh,
1: who asked the question? Uh, you did. No, but who asked the monorail? Oh, I've not. Was the monorail <laughs> <laughs> it was like mono means <laughs> one and rail means rail. That concludes our extensive was, three-week uh, course. I've Conceded like, 14 in the league from 23. I don't know, Dan. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they their defense was open against Ludogorets. I'm not sure. I, I, That's I, exactly I think you're focusing on the wrong. That's exactly issue my here. point.
2: I'm not. I just think your question was or it was like those uh, it was uh, if it had been on news now it would have been the most fawning question on news now since the, the briefings with Tony Holland used to be on every day oh jeez every yeah. day I was just thinking about the, like, like, I, news I now watched, of course haven't I, shown the game you know I was night. saying like, I haven't watched news now for that <laughs> length of time since I was watching those uh, press conferences on am 2 that? Like, yeah. i you yeah
1: when, when COVID happened I pretty much tried you were
2: out uh, travelling at the time I was at home but like oh, yeah. I wasn't no <laughs> out travelling I was locked in the house
1: um. <laughs> Yeah, like Kieran,
2: who's our out on the
1: bike. I did. Spoke to Tommy Walsh about this today on Off the Ball. He said Buckley Park has just actually fallen into complete disrepair. Oh, it's just
2: someone posted a picture of it a couple that's
1: of weeks grim. ago. That's grim. I know, because I, I thought at the time, this was uh, was it last year, maybe two years ago. I thought it looked like relatively kind of fresh. That is really depressing. Like, yeah. that's a lovely ground.
2: Well, a lot, probably a lot of growth in the summer or whatever. Mm. And, and I know no some, someone posted it recently, and it is... Um, it's pretty grim, but um, anyway, my broader point. Someone asked about Rovers and Lewis. Are they comp- that are is they ready my concern? I just think that they need to be defensively better, and maybe um, you see that they've played McCann and O'Neill together in the last couple of games, which is in Europe, which is quite unusual. That they, it's, it's more so McCann versus O'Neill. Now, to be fair, their down bodies, you can see how the domino effect of that, of that selection issue how that could be created, but you do sort of wonder. You know, is there going to be a slightly different approach against a better team in Europe that needs to be better than they were defensively in Europe last year yeah. when they weren't good enough? Um, so you, Jack will start obviously next week. You would assume so. Mm. I mean, he said he took a kick or two, um, but they like he, were one of the even, most cynical teams I've ever seen in Europe. Yeah, they were so bad. With the, we did have a mail back. We we'll do a mail back yeah. briefly, but we did have a comment from a listener who said they were volunteering last week. I think it was Philip was in touch with Philip mm. Boland. And, and and found that they didn't didn't find the the visiting delegation very pleasant. Um, last week in yeah, Tallaght, effectively, yeah. he said he been volunteering for eight, last ten seasons, and their officials are by far the worst he'd seen or heard. Um, certainly they they were fouling the way. Um, through the game, but I suppose I mean in the, at some time in, in Irish football's history, have have our teams been the underdog in Europe? Probably trying to get tackles in on teams to stop them, probably to an so, extent.
1: But this was just like constant fouling, and like. Yeah, it was just. They, I don't know how they didn't get a red right card. Know how they didn't no, get right but
2: card. I, I don't know. But anyway, they're, 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 they're in the past now, or maybe not. Maybe they could face them in the Europa Conference League playoff. Mm. Who knows? Um, but, uh, Rovers, robbers, move on. Maybe we should move on to the mailbag.
3: Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters.
1: What's going on in the mailbag, Dan? I,
2: mean, I mean, we need to get to the the, to the weighty topics first. Um. Connor Vesey did get in touch with us. I'm not sure Connor Vessi, Vesey VC to confirm that the pie Man is still there at Dalyman Park. It's Thanks. still it's still open. It's still in service. We, they did
1: a good old crack in Berlin by the looks of it.
2: Pie man got a positive They they did well. They, well not everyone did. And um, they they think there was a couple of issues with a couple of flags being taken. Um, so um, that shouldn't have happened. Whatever about the relationship between the clubs, uh, you know, it does seem that that supporter wise. Um, I'm not sure if everyone in in, in in the Berlin ranks was in the rolling out the red carpet um, mood for their sort of uh, political allies. Um, there was a description then of a story as well of a, a lot of Boas fans coming through the airport, coming back in through the sort of, you know, the glass shoot you're coming mm. back up and on the other side there was rovers fans going out ah, so like they're waving champions league so they are, they're on the way to a champions league game and, and the Vose lads are coming back from a friendly it almost sounds like too good to be true that scenario like that didn't happen website that, you know someone posts up a story it's mm. generally something about like a, you know a child saying something improbably sort of philosophical and the child is like three or something and it's mm. like yeah that that didn't happen or some few. ridiculous didn't happen but this sounds like it possibly did happen yeah um, and and I'm sure was there it would have been
1: it would have been great potential for people to get out their phones and record it happening as well. That's well maybe it does about. exist.
2: I haven't mm. been looking for evidence of this.
1: I know what you're saying. Like I saw a few um Twitter on the LOI Central account, because of obviously what I've what I've been looking at, it's shown me loads of videos of just like cute animal type videos the last while and there was one of like these two lions who just embraced their former like she basically reared them but hadn't seen them in a few years and she went to them and they were like all over her and i was like that just doesn't look right but i don't know the truth from reality anymore i don't know the
2: truth from but, but, false that, but anymore. there is actually a picture of that so it probably didn't happen
1: there's a video of it but it just, it just it almost looks like they what you're told is contrived i have to say i'm getting very soppy for the animal videos dan no, I actually am. So, was,
2: so you're doubting the lion origin story.
1: I'm doubting the fact that, that they d- 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 were in d- d- captivity because they were kind of in this they could area friendly lions, but but uh, <laughs> Andy lions. We've an Andy lions comment
2: <laughs> on <about> those <it>, actually.
1: <laughs> if you if you haven't the other by the way the other if you're soppy about animal videos the other one is like this elephant um, who. Never forgets is in a Never forgets elephant. A lot of elephants in this room. Elephant,
2: elephant should know <laughs> its family. To be clear, the one so elephant, long lost elephant family. So you, the, you the, the longer the longer
1: my life goes on, the more I like animals at the expense of humans, which mm. may say something about me, um, and also climate change and all that, because animals don't have anything to do with that. We do, but the the, the elephants. some
2: is, some animals not. Of,
1: uh, the cows actually cows do, yeah. un- un- unwittingly though. <laughs> uh, yeah, um so the elephant um, is trying to wake its baby. from from it's slumber and the baby elephant is like uh, just like you know it's almost like dying of a hangover so the elephant goes over to the two minders at whatever it is like some national park goes over to the two miners and basically says to them like will you wake my son or our daughter up and they go over the two humans and basically like try it and then they eventually get it off and the, ele- the mother elephant's like chairs lads and they just walk away it's unbelievable like if that doesn't make you um Love animals And the, the lion video as well I actually think some people Will be listening And know exactly What I'm talking about I don't know if either Is true though But it made me happy
2: Right What are we talking about I, again? Andy, lines.
1: <laughs> Andy lines, Andy lines. We did have um, the duck In Terryland this year as well The duck Yeah was the Remember du- no, Remember the duck On the pitch Oh yeah. yeah
2: We had that discussion A couple of weeks ago Yeah mm. Duck yeah. Terry the
1: Tiger in Terryland as well. Um, yeah. What do yeah. we got? Dan? He's
2: probably won a couple of our competitions in the past. He
1: actually has. Yeah, he
2: <laughs> has. We still haven't got that picture of the mascot eating a pizza. Um. Dave O'Grady. After the disappointing deal Rovers got from Andrew, do we know what kind of terms Lions has? Hopefully, not a similar situation with cheap release laws. Mm. I don't know, Dave, but this is the type of thing that you tend to hear about. I think Andy Lyons had a lot of agents working for him last year. I think. Um, at various times so I'm not sure who he's actually with at the moment but this is the thing but like you do see new and I, I don't know I don't know if this is the case but you, like, you see new contract announcements now and I'm, I'm instantly thinking what are the clauses like Aiden Kina, he signed to the end of the twenty, 20 four season I'm like right okay I wonder is there a clause in that because a lot of the Sligo Rovers deals in the last... Uh, anyone who signed a new long-term contract with Sligo in the last while has left been around well six done. months. He's like so 23 like, or something. You uh, going to have to be a little bit um, sceptical of, of those things. Just
1: ahead of the Aiden Keane interview, uh, I would not like uh, this lad. I wouldn't like to wind him up. This lad is intense. Aiden Keane, you can see why... He- He's single-minded and he's he's young and he's like
2: he's top goal
1: scorer and he's got an unbelievable goal last week.
2: Is that just he didn't like have banter with you and he's, therefore he's intense? He was just kind of like next question. Well, we'll hear from later. Question. Yeah, uh, i t- to to. Yeah, Altai, As I mentioned uh, previously, I'm happy Roberts progressed, but feel they should be winning that game for for Johnny's <laughs> bet. No, sorry, he didn't say that to gain the extra coefficient, coefficient points. Here's hoping. Won't we somebody can, please think of the coefficient. I mean, the coefficient. I mean it, really the coefficient in some respects is meaningless because a club's seeding is determined by their individual record, not mm. the league's one. But it sort of does matter in a rough, broad stroke, where do you stand? And of course, the FAI and their strategic plan have targeted a top 30 place, which is actually impossible within the time frame they've targeted. But, you know, they've set the target. Uh, although I was looking at it last night because, indeed, I'm also quite sad when it comes to the coefficient. Um, I think in two years' time, Ireland are going to make a big jump um naturally because a lot of teams uh, a lot of other countries that had a good season within the last 5 years that 5 season goes so um okay so like yeah. it, it it I think like you look at the it's it's all a bit sort of all over the shop if you know what I mean how it how it operates it's a bit erratic so um
1: you are to the coefficient what I am to climate change yeah, it's always on my mind well it's
2: i mean it's not really on my mind but it's it's sort of again ultimately what does it even matter yeah scott Scottburn with Dawson DeVoy looking like he might be going and Grant horton being recalled will Bose be looking to get anyone else in um, they've signed a few players with squad was looking very light Before they came in I mean they've signed a lot of players They have they've signed five players In mm. the last couple of weeks um, So I'm not so sure If they've got much more to add It does seem to be A bit of a mid-season rebuild Going on The divide thing Does seem like it's going to happen though So that's going to be um, It's going to be a loss um, But it's probably one that I think I'm, I doubt to be dramatically Surprised by it he
1: Gives Jamie yeah. Mullins a chance To come in and replace him mm,
2: Yeah he's had very, very few minutes mm. BK O'Donnell just wanted to mention Adam McCaffrey, you've signed for Finn Harps and met a debut seven months after a career life threatening head injury. That's so true. Like, I mean, his name was being mentioned in sort of grave terms last year, and I must admit I hadn't I'd sort of lost track of the story, and then you see he's playing in the Premier Division. It's a it's an amazing story. Niall Glennon, the league is shite this year, cuts to the chase. Um not not madly impressed by the standard, I suppose. Yeah, I can, I can understand that argument. Um, we'll probably see more from... I think you will learn a lot from even the Sligo, Pats, European performances as well too. I mean, Derry... We'll oh, talk Derry, about that later on. Derry was very r- disappointed. R- r- the pitch was dreadful though as well. Mm-hmm. Really bad. But um, I think, you know, people today would point out Riga did sign a player for 1.5 million mm. the other day and they do have a lot of money and they're, they have a sort of a Russian owner who's previously been banned from another country. And That's again, really like some leagues... Outside of ours, like they they the, the ecosystem is a bit weird, you know, like clubs come and go, they disappear, they come and go. I know that's happened here, but like you'll see teams who are like league winners and European qualifiers and they don't exist in mm. five, six years, and you kinda of wonder what what is going on there. And um, Conor Regan, broadcaster is missing chance to show games this time of year. Um, I suppose Rovers was shown home and away. Also, it's who would win in crappy quiz? I presume that's a reference to the off the ball crappy mm. quiz, I remember Debbie on it last week said okay you're on the week before apparently The horror show caused a few problems yeah
1: yeah i've been terrible on both both of them
2: trivia yeah. it's surprising yeah
1: i'm not i'm not i'm not bad. i think i freeze i just kind of i just can't i don't know what it is freezing if there's
2: only a question about cute animal videos yeah on, on instagram you'd be the elephant element, in the room so to speak Kieran loves in the room yeah uh us bosch Harp's new <laughs> signings are desperate moves um, well, they yeah, are. they did sign a few players before the game last week, mm. they're, they're just always pulled from all over the place. Like, I know Ollie Horgan goes to see all these players. I'm not sure if he's gone to Australia to see this lad who played in the A League, it's unlikely, but um, they do seem to be reaching around looking for something. And maybe this season they're finding it hard to sort of have that consistency. Um, Carabini, the drugs are massive. I mean, we have to mention that they did win the Loud Derby again. You in know, incredible. In ahead of the game park, sorry, I should say, I was, I was there. Actually, before I forget, the pitch was in good condition. We complain about pitches all year, and um, that pitch is in good. Nick, I know it's not the biggest pitch in the world, but compared to some of the um, the more moneyed clubs in the league, so to speak, it has to be acknowledged. That, uh, that's totally not a bad With
1: very little rain In these yeah For a long time like. They
2: they And they did well Drada. Like I think mm. um, They scored in the first minute It was a great finish By Williams And to be fair Dundalk were very good For like 15-20 minutes afterwards But didn't work the keeper at all in the second half, so can't really complain. I think they have been
1: phenomenal. I really do. Yeah. The players they've lost mid-season, the players they lost, the manager they've lost, uh, beaten Dundalk twice already. Phenomenal so far. And they're opening up a big gap on, on Finn Harps now. The battle is more, the battle looks more to be, well, You see, will probably finish last, but Harps have a massive challenge in in avoiding the playoffs.
2: Uh, they're 13 points behind. Mm. Can't, I mean, Shell's won again to weekend. I don't see any way Harps aren't in that playoff. As I said, that's, I think that's inevitable. So, it's a big, long run-up to probably your most meaningful games, albeit they have the Cup as well. Merrill, Grey, Merrigan, the situation with Rovers not being able to find a plane to Bulgaria would have happened if it was Leinster in the Heineken Cup. The only thing I'd say about that is that, I mean, the Heineken Cup, I mean, they just go to the same two or three countries all the time, mm. isn't it? It's mm. not as if they ever go anywhere expansive. Like it's the whole point, like, it's not the whole thing, like, Georgia tried to get into the Six Nations, and everyone's like, no, nah, let's pull up the drawbridge here. You know, let's stick with our same... Our same route, our same restaurants, the same places we go. Team of us. Team of team of yeah, team of us, exactly, just Mm. the same six of us, you know. So I, I take his point. I mean, it's weird that rovers are in that situation. Um, but there's a broader aviation situation at the moment, which is you know, very uncertain. They had to go through Shannon um to get there. I think last year there was no problem getting charters because the airlines wanted the business, if you know what I mean. Um but it seems to be more complicated under a number of levels this time. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but it's possible they can end up going through Romania. Yeah. Um. It, by the time this comes out, it might become clearer, but it's not going to be. It's not going to be straightforward. Um, Manor Mido Johnny can't recognise Sligo or twice the club goal we will ever be. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. you've taken that very well. Um. And yeah, that's basically the thrust of the mailbag. Uh, um, why don't we bring in Kieran Kilduff
1: and Colin Healy. Yeah, we're now joined by uh, Colin Healy on uh Zoom and Kieran Kilduff in studio. I have to say uh, Kieran, um as the mailbag went on there, Colin Healy was in the waiting room on Zoom and I just I got this kind of anxiety because I just want to I want to not not let the man down and apparently that's what he's like to play with uh, as well. Yeah, and um, the man's high
4: standards. I can only imagine what it's like to play for him, playing with him. Um I've heard him barking at me a few times when I was down there back in the day, but um I know, look, at him, he's having a great start now to his, his managerial career, so long may that continue. But a pleasure to play with as well.
1: Apparently, though, you, you, Colin, you are actually, and I've seen this in Thailand as well, you're not like the Stephen O'Donnell character on the line or an Ollie Horgan. You're actually really, really chilled out. Where did you learn that from?
5: Just probably depends what games we're playing against. I wouldn't say against Galway, I wouldn't think I was chilled out. With, um, <laughs> no, uh. I don't know. I just sometimes, I suppose, when you're on the bench and if you're running up and down the line and you're mad, I think it might just um, affect onto the players. And, you know, it's uh, well, I think if you can be calm in the dressing room and calm on the touchline, then it kind of, kind of, you know, spreads onto the players as well on the pitch. You know, there's enough pressure on them to go and play and they don't need a manager to be running up and down the sideline after them, you know. That's just my opinion on it
2: so uh, Kieran like it's funny people would think about you and they'll probably think of Dundalk or they'll think of maybe Shamrock Rovers or whatever but you did have that short spell in Cork so you had a brief loan spell what you had half a season playing with Colin so uh, I think it went quite well from what I recall like what what's your sort of recollections of that time?
4: It was probably the best proper patch of my career I went down there probably with a with a point to prove, um, after being kind of sent on loan from Rovers, I was injured the year before and missed the entire season. Needed games and went down there, and um, I felt love down there for my period that I was there. I kind of came in at a time, but I was very lucky with the team that was actually there. They were probably underachieving for who was there. That Darrel Cavendish, Darryl Horgan, Colin Dan Murray, um, you know, uh, Murph start left back. You know, there was a real good team there at the time. And when I went down there, I just think I hit the ground running. I scored on my debut and I, I, think I hit. 11 or 12 goals In the 13 or 14 games I was there So I had some great nights But uh, It was a great team as well Like The, the nucleus of that team After I, I, The truth of it was I wanted to go back to Cork But I had a mm. year left Of my contract at Rovers And I, I assumed I was going to be Free to leave Considering I was sent on loan So that was the plan When I left That I wouldn't be coming back But I probably Did so well In Cork On a personal level That I shot myself in the foot For any aspirations I had for leaving Because they took me back And I, I was made safely extra year So um but that nucleus of that Cork team went on to achieve so much. Then in the next couple of years under John and moving on forward from that, so they, um, no, yeah, they they, 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 I was, I was lucky with the team. We kind of fell into there,
2: Colin. What are your memories of that time? Because obviously it's strange. Then you went from being teammates to being on the other side of this sort of ferocious Dundalk Cork rivalry.
5: Yeah, no, I suppose when he was down when he was down, um, he was brilliant. As you said, there he got was I think it was 11, 11 goals in thirteen games and. Um, we had good players, but we were we were lacking those goals. And and when he did come in, he he, he was brilliant. And I thought probably the partnership with him and Danny Danny Morrissey was was re, was really really strong. I know we we had you know Garrod in the middle of the park, and we had, had Darren Horgan as well. We had good players, like but we were just we were probably missing that goal scorer. And when he did come down, he was brilliant. And we always we, we wanted to get him again next year, but unfortunately we never got him. Like you know because all the players wanted him down as well. You know it wasn't just. You know the fans wanted him as well, so he was he was when he comes down here. But it's like any other players that when they come down here to do well, the the fans the fans love him, and it's um it's it is, and I keep saying it, it's it's a special club down here. You do well, and it's um you're loved down here, and it that can only create confidence for a player going forward. But it was when he was down here, he was brilliant, and as I said, as a teammate, he was fantastic in the dressing room, and you know it was a pleasure to play with.
2: Yeah, I mean, we had um Mick Ring, who's sort of former sort of Cork chairman slash. Kitman slash everyman around the club. I mean, he sent us a lot of various questions here, Keller. I'm not sure what they're all about. Ask Kel Duffy if he has asked any blind people for directions recently. How are the spider? How are the spiders in Arcadia Hall? And has he been back in Dripsy recently? I don't even know what that's a reference to at all. Uh, the the blind person thing is there some context here?
4: No, it's literally like it sounds. I was lost one day and I asked for directions <laughs> until I realised the person was the blind leading the blind. It was. Uh, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I got lost and I was new to the area and they asked about it and I realised, but the worst thing about it was I should have told nobody. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> even yeah, in Cork and all that, like, yeah. even even Colin Healy remembers this story. Yeah, no, it was just one of them things that caught fire for me, so uh, not 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 my proudest moment. And,
2: what um, were the other two questions? <laughs>
4: and the other two aren't as dramatic. How were the
2: spiders in our kid?
4: I moved into a new apartment and there was a massive spider today. I got there, Mick was helping me move in, but the... Um, I don't know, I... I would have dealt with the spider one way which would have been a big shoe or something and got rid of it Mick well you can't do that but Mick ended up losing the spider in his chase and for the rest of my time down there I knew there was one around I just couldn't find it
2: (laughs) (laughs) Stapil so the cop let him go basically (laughs) this is what happened like (laughs) you put him on probation I never
4: really forgave him for it because uh, I couldn't get peace in that apartment so (laughs) that was still around and then what was the last one?
2: Something about Dripsy. I mean, ah, yeah,
4: no, that was just. But well, that was actually a very bad night. It was one of my early days again. I was, I got lost in Cork again. But I was running out of uh, petrol and reception from where I was. The so Dripsy is literally like mountainous. I hadn't seen a house or another car, and I couldn't turn the car. I was on a road where there was like trees both sides of the car hitting the windows. So I panicked. But uh, lucky, I found some bit of life. I called into a house and then to a bar, and they sent me back the right way. But uh, it was really it was. Uh, sweating a lot that night the like night before a match as well
2: it sounds like one of these stories of a player who tells stories about going to play in like the Far East or something <laughs> like that but like you went to Cork <laughs>
4: yeah, it was my first big move I was only I was only learning to drive and all at the time but, uh, all that stuff going on in the background but no as I said like the football was going well the stuff off the pitch might have been a struggle but uh, yeah no good time.
1: can it be intimidating Colin for non-Cork lads to come into that environment
5: Um no I don't think it can be I think um I think all the dressing rooms that I was in as a player, um, they've been very, very good. We had uh, good, good players within within the group. Um, I suppose, like, listen, if you come down and you don't do your stuff, it can be difficult. It can be. I've seen that with players as well. Like, but there's always good people. It's, it's always a good dressing room, a strong dressing room over the years in Cork, which always, which always helps for the players coming in, settling in. So I think it's important that way as well.
1: When, when you when, when was it when you what year did you actually come back to Cork as a player and what was your kind of I mean considering your career what was your take on that at the time I spoke to Johnny Dunleavy before the show and he was just saying the standards that you brought to training but like was it was it a new world for you I
5: came back I think it was I um, think probably zero 08 I think I came back and and I came back from I, I had a see few serious injuries and I came back and I was more or less more or less saying, Okay, I'll give it another goal. Like I was going to I was going to retire. Um I, I had enough of it. I had two bad leg breaks um and I wasn't enjoying it anymore. But I was I was talked out of it and I said, Listen, I'll go back to Cork, I'll go back home and and I'll just give it another goal, go back playing. And um I did, I went back playing and listen, there was there was good players in there. And probably just probably what I've learned over the years playing with, you know, players at a higher level that what they used to do in training. That I probably brought that into to Cork City along with some other players as well. I think you know the the training sessions, the stand, the, the standard, and the intensity probably went up a small bit, and that was you know everybody bought into that as well. Obviously with the managers that were in place, you know. So yeah, it was. And listen, I went, I went back, and you know and I enjoyed myself, and you know I got back playing again which was which was great for me
1: what's it like when you mention this you, you kind of just fall out of love with it I mean if you're say, say if you're a footballer since you're essentially five or six years of age and you're hitting your like I don't know, late 20s sort of early 30s and this is all you knew you've had this career and it, it must be strange when you're like I'm actually not really enjoying this anymore
5: yeah no it is it's uh, like I, I was you know I you know, I was out for a long time I was probably out for about three years with, mm. with two, le- two leg breaks and had a, had a serious knee injury um, and it's it's tough you know for players that are injured you know um, every day is the same you're in the gym you're in the swimming pool you're, not, you're on the bikes and it's, it's, it can it can get boring it can do and you know you go to the games the weekends and you're watching the players they're enjoying themselves they're winning and you don't feel a part of the squad and yeah it it gets to the stage then you you probably question yourself are you at that level anymore and then, obviously, when I was at Sunderland, you know, I was um, I was left go because of the, the injuries that I had. Um, I went to Barnsley. Um, then I probably probably thought you know I, I, I probably wasn't good enough for that. Um, then I dropped down. I had to drop down the levels to go play again, and I didn't really enjoy it. Um, out of the teams, wasn't playing as much, Um so yeah, I struggled. So then I came back to Cork and just thinking, Do you know what, I give it an, just I give it another go and you know Cork were good to me they looked after me and you know um listen I went on to have
1: a good career with Cork I, I know like um Rory Higgins has, has spoken about this that in his mind he was a player that his body didn't at- athletically kind of allow him to be if that makes sense but when that happens because of injuries that must be very very tough for us like my my body actually isn't doing what it should be able to do here
5: yeah no it is it is as um uh, listen I lost a lot of power in my right leg you know, and twisting and turning off my right side, you know, I, I used to get caught, you know, when especially when I went tip switch. Um I, I couldn't get the twisting and turning right and compared to the pace of the game over there and I found it very, very difficult. Um so it isn't you know, it's like you know what says that listen, it it's listen, your mind will say, Listen, you can do this and you can do that and sometimes your listen, your your body just doesn't do it. Like no matter what you do in the gym and all that, it just doesn't do it. Like and like on my right side with my knee and and with my leg, I just lost that power in it, you know, I'd have more power in my left leg, so um, yeah, that's probably you know when I went down the levels, you know, with the injuries that I had like but listen i listen I don't like for for what cork did for me and the 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 years that I had in cork, you know it's um you know i can you know I can be very thankful for for what they did for me over the years, looking after me. I, I had a lot of injuries with Cork, and they stood by me, you know, so I'm very grateful for them for that as well.
2: Colin like as a manager then you have to sort of deal with players and and their stories and their struggles and I mean do you find that your experiences I don't know they they sort of they give you a degree of understanding that you know what the players are going through I'm thinking of someone like Barry Coffey who's been at Celtic and is going through that process that you know what, what that's like I guess even someone like Aaron Bulger who's been over and back and probably I don't know seen different sides of the game I mean do you find it helps you in your job to be able to talk to these lads and, and sort of be able to relate to them in, in some way?
5: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, that, and that's what I've learned. You know, I always wanted to go into coaching even when I was playing as well as that. You know, I, I played at a high level and I played, um, I played at a lower level as well. You know, so I went over to, even when I went to Celtic, I went to Celtic when I was 18. So I was still in school, boys. You know, so I was at the top level. You know, as I said, I was very lucky to play for Ireland. You know, I was in a very good Celtic dressing room. Um, I learned a lot of you know about the players in the dressing room and how they trained and how they looked after themselves. Then I went down the I went down the leagues and I seen not so good dressing rooms and I, not so good professionals. And you know I seen a lot of the game that a lot of people wouldn't see. Um, I've learnt a lot. Um, probably going into management, I just probably probably you know I've learnt you know how to deal with players and probably how to get the best out of them. You know, it's, I think you know when you do your coaching badges, it's it's great to. You know the you know how to play the game in for different formations but i think on the managing side i think a lot of it is you know dealing with that we the, dealing with the person and how to get the best out of the person well i think uh, is the most important thing
1: uh, uh, um, is, is is that more important than than the coaching side of it because I, I find this fascinating
5: you no know, I, I, you know, I think i think i think the coaching is important and you know we have very good coaches with me in in in, in the in the thing we have nulls um will know Nulz is a great character. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Richie Holland. Richie with, with me in the Academy um over the years, um, which is is an excellent coach, and Dek Coleman we brought in this year from Cove. So I've got a very good obviously strengthening condition coach. I've got a very good staff in there. But it the coaching is important, you know, the training sessions have to be right and the systems that you play and who you're playing against. But I think the most important thing as well is that is that when the players come into train, they're happy. You know that there's a good environment. They enjoy coming to work. They enjoy playing with their teammates, and they enjoy playing on a Friday night. And I think it's you know it's you know I know we know the players. I know what they're like. Um, if I see anything, if there's there's anybody being moody, or if there's any you know if there doesn't look right, you know I'd always probably have a look at that, and maybe then it's probably I have to take them aside and you know have a talk with them and know, see if there's see if they're okay and you know, I think that's the most important thing.
2: It's just Karen, I was gonna ask you, bring you in here. Um I know you, you mentioned off air you've been going to a lot of games and I think you've previously been linked with an athlone job and a role. Um what's it like for you now to look at the league and see so many guys you've played with yeah. um, managers. Like your generation are sort of moving on to being the guys on the sideline as opposed to maybe looking out for your mates on the pitch if you know what I mean?
4: No, it's it's amazing. It's exactly what Colin said there. It's like I think league's gone towards these younger-style managers because maybe they can relate with the players nowadays more. I think Mm. that old-fashioned approach of maybe, you know, that hard, stern, old-fashioned manager probably isn't working anymore or not getting the results it did. Um, I'm very hungry and eager myself to get involved, but I'd be no different to Colin in the sense of just my player experience. And by the way, you don't have to have been a player to be a good manager or coach. It's just what I saw. I saw things that worked. I saw things that didn't. And going to the games now, I... In, the game's evolving year to year do you know what I mean even tactically formations everything it's three at the back you know it's, it's constantly moving but I do think it's all about the player management in, in the sport I think it's just become huge um, and obviously if I when I get my opportunity it'll be all exactly that it's that environment you want to create the culture that the players want to be there the players are happy that the players are okay because that's when I feel I got the best results out of me in my mm. career was when I was happy when I was settled and um, even when I was saying about Shamrock Rovers, thing, when I went back for that year after Cork, I, I probably didn't want to be there. It was probably one of my worst performing years, You know, whereas I've no doubt if I went back to Cork when I was happy, I, they would have got more out of me. So I use all that and like Colin said, with his vast experience even in England and stuff like that, like that's invaluable to the young lads coming through. So that's probably what I'm taking from the league at the minute and I'm trying to put it all together.
2: Colin, would you advise the stress of management to someone like Kieran who's thinking of going down that road? I mean, is it it is a it's a massive lifestyle choice though, isn't it? I mean, it's it's you can't do it sort of by half measure. It's 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 your life.
5: Uh, uh, no, as I said, listen, um, no, absolutely go for it. If you if you're if you'd love the coaching and you love um, you know, you love the game, absolutely get yourself involved, but it is full on this full on. Listen, we had a difficult year last year. You know, we we were down the bottom for a lot of the time. We had a lot of academy players, and um, it was tough. And um, we were playing good football, but we weren't getting the results. And probably from like I came from academy football. You know, I was there for about two or three years, and you know, from academy is about you know developing the player and you know playing and results don't really matter. Um we went into first team football and we treat them. We tried to play out from the back, and we had. It was a nice style of football. We were getting beaten. So I had to sit down and I had to think, listen, I'm the manager of this football club. I need to change my ways here, Smobin, and I have to go back to, we, we need to start winning games. So I need to change the formation. I need to change the way we play. Um, yeah, it is, it's it's full on. It's it's enjoyable. It is enjoyable, but, you know, it, it can be difficult at times. But um, yeah, I would recommend it for, uh, uh, if, if you are, if you love your coaching and your football. Absolutely, go go and give it a go. Can you can Any
0: you
4: player manager role going down there? <laughs> yeah. I
5: take the problem. Yeah. No, I don't think it'd be a supporter. Yeah, fair
2: enough. Do it, <laughs> uh, Like, is, is it a transition though? Um, like even Karen, like you mentioned, you're going to games now. Are you watching things with a different eye? Like, I guess what I'm saying is that I'm guessing when you were a player, maybe out at a team or injured or something, I don't know, I don't know what your attitude would have been going to watch a match, but are you constantly looking at different things now than you might have looked at if you were sitting in the stand five years ago, if you oh, know what I mean.
4: Absolutely, yeah. Listen, going on that coach and badges, going through the, I'm on my A licence at the minute.
2: Okay.
4: You, I'm pretty certain I'd never even watched a game before this, do you know what I mean? I wasn't analysing, I was up front thinking about my job, I wasn't seeing the full pitch, do you know what I mean? Like and yeah. now when I, Go to a game. You're you're there to analyse things. You might be doing a match report, or you know, for somebody, or you might be just looking at the game and objectively saying, try to educate yourself. Well, if I do get a chance, I want to see who what players are there at the minute, who's doing well, who do I like, who I don't like, what do I systems do I like. So, it is a huge transition over. It's it's massive, and uh, I actually only did um, a presentation for one of the B license courses yesterday um, for the FEI, and that, and I then I presented on that what the transition from a player to a coach or to an aspiring coach is, and. It was all of this stuff. It was just that complete mindset shift. Over that, they
2: were the key points, was it? That, that was the, the that was central point it, of it.
4: That, that was the whole point of it. It was to really say, hey, "What am I learning? What you, what's different now?" And yeah, listen, I think like the the, the courses are huge to give you that knowledge and to give you a way of viewing it. But you're gonna go and do it your own way then, anyway. Do you know what, mm. what I mean? You're gonna have it your own style, and I think it's important. To, no one does it by the book. Like you know, Colin would have his style, as we said, Steve O'Donnell or someone else, Rory. They all have their own. Um, you, you build your own style and techniques, and, uh, and
1: put your own personality into it. So, but like the, these managers, do, do, do you allow self doubt come in, Colin? Like, and you see Stephen Kenny more or less. I think he learned on the job and uh, passing out from the back a bit as well. I, I, I think that's fair to say. But do you, do you, did you start doubting yourself? I'm not doing my job here properly, or was it just I'm learning on the job here?
5: Oh, probably, probably, la- um, probably last year is that. I have. We had a way of playing, and uh, I wanted to do it that way. As you said, we brought up a lot of academy players, and they knew the way that I used to play within the academy. Um, we had to bring in some new players as well, and it just wasn't working. It wasn't working, and there was a lot of there was pressure on me. Um, so um, we were in the first division. We're down the bottom. So I have to make a change. Like right? I have to make. I have to make a change, and I have to make a decision whether we we were playing the system. We have to. We have to go a small bit more direct. We have to be solid at the back, you know, so, and, you know, keep clean sheets. And, um, some of the games, they weren't great to watch, but we weren't losing. We weren't losing. And it probably, it gave us a small bit of confidence going forward. We weren't losing games and we were slowly climbing up the table. Um, when we got to the window, we brought in Barry Coffin. We brought in Aaron Bulger and we added a small bit more quality to the team. And, um, we started getting stronger and stronger, and and obviously with this year, you know, um, we brought in more experienced players. We've we moved players on. Um, we brought in more experienced players, and um, yeah, we're just going from strength to strength at the moment, and which is which is which is great, which is great for us, and which is great for the you know the, the fans in Cork City.
1: Yeah, I, I get. I guess the scrutiny uh, of you is more local because, like, the first division it just doesn't get that publicity that the Premier Division gets. Like, so. Um, what will it be like if you do get promoted? Is that a challenge? I mean, taking on all these like managers, the likes of Damien Duff and all that, must be pretty cool if, if it
5: happens as well. You know, listen, it's... it's, it's we, we still have 12 games to go so. he's doing a pat, pat down on, on you here
2: he's, he's promoting Cork City here Colin yeah, yeah. don't no, fall for no, this
5: don't thing fall thing, for yeah. this it's only a matter of time before he it's only a matter of time before he threw this out don't worry <laughs> uh, no, but Listen, there's still a long way to go as you said we've got a massive game a massive game for eight against Colwell so um, I'm focusing on that as you said we, we do want to get to the, the Premier League um, but Um, we still got a job to do at the moment
1: I I spoke to a Cork fan today who was like I'm genuinely very worried about us holding on to Colin Healy the coaching is that good like what are your ambitions
5: Um, the coaching no I wouldn't say the coaching no listen it's it's probably the people I have around me Um, I've got very good coaches around me I've got good people around me as well so um, yeah yeah no, listen. I, I love my time here at Cork. I, lo- I love it here at Cork. And you know, listen, Cork want me here. I'll stay here. I've no problem there.
1: Just please, so, just on some of your players. Um, is it is it is it true that Biscuit's son is called Crumbs now? Is that true? Your goalkeeper.
5: That's what they call him. Yeah, I don't call him that. Yeah, but that's what <laughs> the that's what the boys call him. The boy. I don't. Know, there could be a few more names as well. Like, but um, to be fair, um, he's done very very well for us. As again, he's another academy player. I thought he was he brilliant up, in Galway.
1: Absolutely brilliant.
5: He was. He was very good, and you know what? He's um, as I said, he's been. He was in the Irish under twenty ones in their last camp, and you know he's um, he's a good fella. He's um, he trains very well. Um, and he's got a good goalkeeping coach with with Nultz. Um, and he listen. He's a good size, and you know he wants to do well for himself, which is which is important. But it, it's great for us for to see another academy player coming in. And, and doing so so well, and um, and it just shows, you know, for the younger players as well as that, if they do this stuff in the academy, they'll always get an opportunity. You need that, don't you? Like, cause
1: um, I, it's one of the, one of the things. The the one thing I would say about Stephen Kenny's time to talk, that very few players came through, and maybe they didn't have the academy, but it seems to be a thing now that the managers like you see um, at Derry, at Bowes, Saint Pat's, hugely going United have had some good academy it, it just it's very important that there is that pathway and they feel that if i do well i have a chance here like oh absolutely and i think that's
4: so vital for the league and its stability do you know what I mean? no point just getting players in for a couple of years and then they're off you you want mm. players coming in at a young age doing the stuff doing well and feeling like there is a route into a senior panel and i think the likes of cork are a prime example of that now at the minute and, and they're getting their fruit from it do you know what i mean and i think that's huge for the league going forward him um, it's the only sustainable model in my opinion mm. for the league um, you know academies were leading into first teams and it wasn't the way even when I was playing do you know what I mean I I don't recall many players when I was at Shamrock Rovers or as you said maybe one or two at Dundalk at times but it wasn't it wasn't a, a, foot, a huge footfall of them coming through all mm. the time but now there is and, and the league is benefiting for it too
1: I just, just got to ask you uh, we had we um had we had obviously Paddy Kavanaugh on last week, Colin and Dan has been bringing this up a lot about the agents. Like, where nearly every player has an agent now. What's that like as a manager?
5: Yeah, no, it can be difficult. <laughs> yeah, it can be difficult. Yeah, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Let's, I've um, had it over. Like, yeah, it's it's. You have some nice fellas and some some not so nice fellas, and they're all about the players, and it's it's understandable. So. Yeah, it can be difficult, but normally I just pass that on to you in a Buckley and <laughs> take it away from me. Are they all But, about but, the but, but like.
2: I think that, but it is the broader challenge, Colin. Like that, you have to obviously. We we all know our fate, our place in the food chain here. Like ultimately, like the Cork Academy wants players for Cork, but they probably want players for export too, right? I mean, that's that's how it goes. Hopefully but the challenge is to get properly compensated for them. Is that sort of, from your perspective that you don't mind producing the players once that they they, they don't go on the cheap if that, if that moment comes and to be fair, Cork have done reasonably well, but I suppose Sean McLaughlin and a few other names have probably come to mind. Um, Connor McCarthy maybe didn't go for, for big money or whatever, but you, you, there is a production line there, but you you need to get the funds in for them if they do go.
0: Yeah,
5: no, no, it is important. You know, as you said, there, a lot of players do come through our academy Um it is and it is this, you know you you want as much money as you can for them, but you know sometimes that doesn't happen um listen it would be great if you did if you did get a lot of money for these players because you can put it back into the academy and you can give the younger lads you can give them you know you can we can pay the coaches more you can give them more opportunities you can you know you can give them better better chances of going on to be you know the players that then did they, they could be you know so i think it's money money is an awful you know money is a big thing in, in within the academy you know it is is that if if we can if we can back it more you know the players that we're producing at the moment but if we can back it more it, it, it would be great you know you see with the underage what they what they're doing in the international camps is is fantastic um a lot of players within the clubs go up they want to do their assessments, and it's great. It's great for them. I've seen the work. I worked with Tom one for two or three years. I've seen the work that they do. The international coaches. Um, it is. It's. It's. It's unbelievable. And it's. There's no reason why. You know. It's that we can't get better as an academy, but that it needs to be funded as well. Is that it's. Just because I know you go to Sharma Grovers and Sharma Grovers have a fantastic academy but they have a lot of money and listen you know they got a lot of, you know obviously they' selling uh the, the keeper and Gavin you know so he was you know a lot of money went in that money goes back into the academy and it, it goes back into maybe under 13s 14s players and it produces more players then again like you know so I don't know what do we do from is it a government thing or something like that do we back the academy football a lot more put, put money into make these kids better? At the end of the day, we're producing kids for Ireland, and, and that if we do that, it can only be a good thing.
1: That makes sense, doesn't Kieran? Doesn't it? Like it's it's a fairly it's a no brainer in terms of the money that the government could put to this sport. That obviously has been going to a lad as hundred quid on Man United to be, um, Real Madrid or whatever. That money goes to racing. Sorry, the, the the benefits of the money that goes to bookie. Some of that goes to racing, not football. Which to me, is a bit bizarre. It's a model that's obsolete at this age.
4: Yeah, it, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? That mm. Like you just invest more into the academies and uh, I don't know why that is such a big stumbling block at the minute in, in, in the country. Um, it's It seems as simple as that and obviously Colin knows better than anybody with the academy in Cork how that runs and, uh, and the process of it. I, I haven't been really involved with any academy coaching at any level, but obviously without the money it's hard to, as he said, make the players better and they're all feeding back into the one goal which is to produce a good international team and to get good Irish players playing. Mm. Football at the highest level, so yeah, if it's investment that it takes, well, then probably that's the next step that has to be addressed, and hopefully in the coming years that's something we see.
1: Uh, just last question for you, Colin. The the game Friday, um, obviously it's been where the season going. United went to Cork with ten men and completely smash and grab one one nil. Cork City came to go United with ten men, smash and grab one one nil. I presume this is going to be your biggest crowd of season. John Coffee coming back to Turner's Cross. What can possibly go wrong?
5: I don't think we smashed and grabbed up in Gael. <laughs> absolutely no. did. He scored and then he parked no, the bus didn't. for like 60 no, minutes, basically.
2: No, That's just, no, <laughs> just a Gavi United fan know cast here, Colin. I, I don't know what
5: game you were watching.
1: Talk about Friday's game anyway. All
5: right, okay. No, listen, it's, um, <laughs> he was watching you on <laughs>
1: the sideline. <laughs>
2: We've actually established <laughs> that. He wasn't watching the game at all. He was just commenting on how chill He was by his
1: namesake, by the way. Anyway, go ahead.
5: Reading the reports. <laughs> um no it's um no Listen, it'll be a massive game as i said listen galway are flying and we're doing well as well so it'll be it'll be a good game um as i said so galway've got a, a few new players as well and um, we've obviously brought in um Lewis Britton Barry Kapofi has as resigned to the end of the season so it's um yeah hopefully it'll be an entertaining game a big crowd um, and you know, hopefully that we can go on and put on a good performance for the fans. I, I hope it's not jo-
2: entertaining anyway for us. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing Johnny doesn't want is entertainment But w- what is the dynamic like when you're going up against one of your former managers? Is that part of the transition to this this new gig? That y- you know what John Caulfield is like. You know you probably have an insight into him. But like I know, did are you in touch with him ever? Do you is there ever contact no. around games or anything like that? Or is it very no, 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 cold not, I and know, distant? I speak to
5: John at the games. I speak to him at the games, you know, and um you know John's a good fella. I speak to him at the games and yeah no problem at all. But within the season probably probably no, I don't I don't and probably when I come to the games I just all I just is just focus on our team. You know and and that's it. It's just we just go and do our job and I think if we do our job and you know it's and um, we can do it to the best ability then i think that that should be enough You know, yeah. so i don't
1: share a bottle of malbec afterwards. afterwards
5: yeah i don't get caught in the lane with him i don't get caught in the lane with other managers i just focus on our players and our team on what we do
2: he's mr chilled mr mm-hmm. chilled colin it's great to have you
5: on no i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that at all like, but <laughs> <laughs>
2: is he mr chilled kieran
5: no, not, <laughs> not in the heat of battle. He
4: wasn't, <laughs> anyway.
1: What was he like before he goes? What was he like in training, like to be that sort of
4: intensity? Ah, yeah, he led by example. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he, he wouldn't have any problem kicking anybody um, if the if he felt they needed it. Um, I always enjoyed he, Colin. I don't know if you remember like this, but you knew. I think you did your own warm up uh, for games when I was down there at one stage. Probably as you were saying over your injuries and that. And, I used to try and tag along with him. Then If he's not doing the warm-up, I'm not doing the warm-up. But uh, he had a good reason for doing it. I was probably just being lazy. But uh, no, listen, he always led by example. And as I said, it was, uh, it was probably going to be a smoother transition for him than most just going into a coach and managing role because he'd probably done that as a player. So
1: That's it, Colin. Thanks a million for your time.
5: Thanks for having us.
1: And best of luck this season after Friday night, dash, dash, dash. <laughs>
5: Thanks very much. Top,
1: man. Uh, that was Colin Healy um yeah, I guess getting to that man. I mean, you're just
2: you're just I mean, you're just winding them up with your Galway. Like you're just <laughs> dropping Galway propaganda in at all times. Like, like we we started off the show, you weren't here, can talking about Pat Dolan's columns and how it's yeah. just like planting things into the mind of of people. And you're just it's, basically uh, doing the same thing
1: when you're saying like, "I hope it's an entertaining game." I'm like, "Well, not really." No, I hope it's like because it reminds me of that story where Moss Keane and Bill Beaumont. are so before like Ireland England and they're about to play the national anthems in England are dominating rugby and Bill Beaumont goes. Moscow, may the best team win, and Moscow's I fucking hope not. <laughs> That's a bit like that Friday night. If it's entertaining, we probably won't win. It's a massive game. Like and Dan and the the national media and the Dublin media, they don't get to Cork as much anymore. The place gonna be heaving on Friday night. It's gonna be unbelievable. What a, what a fixture! I was only
4: reading up on it because I knew it was coming in. And you're saying Colin was on, and it's it's a massive game. And then Galway are flying, as he said himself, Cork are flying, and I just two huge it's one of them I know it's a first division game but it'd be a great one for the telly you know they yeah. the full house of Turner's Cross it doesn't ever get done really but just for such a top of the table clash with um, so much interest and obviously a non-Dublin kind of clash as well and water well if, what? I think it's the
2: interesting point I mean this is um, I was only talking to people in Drada on Friday if you look at the potentially the Premier Division next year one of Cork Galway is going to go up right yeah and Let's just say the other one won the playoff against Finn Harps, which is going to be Finn Harps. It's feasible. You you have a situation. Bows are are basically going to full-time train and model next year in terms of the mornings. You'd have a situation where you'd actually have nine out of the ten Premier Division clubs would be full-time. Draw would be the only exception. Um, And it's sort of – that could be a massive sort of transition overnight. I know like Shell's – there's players doing other things or whatever. But – it just goes to show how things could change very quickly, and what next year's Premier Division could be like if mm-hmm. things if things go that way. Because, I mean, I don't know. It's it's it must be weird for you as a former player who's had a little taste of it and then been in the centre of that rivalry for a couple of years to see Cork as a first division side. It's so strange.
4: Yeah. No. Like, um, I'm afraid to use the quote "sleeping giant." Mm. Where, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but like uh, they are, they're a huge club. I actually said it when I went down there because they were down at the bottom of the Premier Division at the time. And um, when I first came down, they were th- struggling to stay up. We finished mid table in the end, but like they were, they shouldn't be even involved in that. Like when that place, you're gonna have a, nearly a full house uh, for a first division club. They're, they, the, the support they get from the city is massive. And um, they pride themselves on, you know from being from Cork I think they were delighted to find out I was from Kildare and not Dublin when I came down <laughs> it was just one of those things that they have and it works for them and they they really should be competing at the top end of the Premier not where they are now and I'm hopeful and obviously I, I hope wish John the best it would be great to see both of those big clubs back up in the Premier next year and both of you have rode off UCD staying up as well I was just following the games through the night and they, they were
1: one up against Bowes and level on points with Harps. Well, I yeah, okay. yeah, was going done. to say to Dan, they might have a better chance of finishing second last than, than Harps do finishing third last, if that makes sense. And to be fair, yeah.
2: Harps, Harps do like being written off, so they won't be too offended by that. But yeah, UCD, yeah. so you've seen about UCD then. I, I, th- I guess where it's coming from. For probably. me, it's, it's Kerrigan is gone, and now Whelan's, and, and you're looking at this next generation and thinking, wow, they have to sort of step up quickly. So you've been going to a few games, so what, what impressed you about them, or what do you no, like about is,
4: uh, To be honest, I'd be lying if I said I saw a whole lot of UCD. Okay. It was just more following the league as a whole I'm literally going I Andy Myler's there he's they're literally thinking to themselves well they're only three points from potential safety Yeah, no, will be ruling them out and it was only I looked at the in play table when they went one up against Bowes I know they lost 3-1 them but they were level with perhaps and I was going they're not playing for nothing ucd they've not that they don't have the pressure of staying up but you mm. know they they they're literally young lads with they're playing for their careers, reputation. I wouldn't be ruling them out yet of, of trying to catch up. That's mm. no, no. That's there. a fair point. I think mm. that's.
2: The, I think I, I was speaking to someone who was at that because I wasn't at that Euston Bowes game and said when they led, they were sort of decent value for it at that stage. You know that they weren't again this is the slight problem that eventually the stronger team takes them over to 90 and this is the this is the issue but they do have a yeah they're, they're, there's sort of a, there's a new crop that have been asked to take responsibility early there um, and maybe that's why I think it'll be too much for them but
1: I guess in theory they should be improving what happened with that loan though that's why, why you're here I guess well obviously one of the reasons no, he's that. Not I here was that. You were I was because of coffee you promised me yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was it uh, a ma- ma- cappuccino lighter or a decaf, I? Laugh, decaf. Yeah. Um, you'd need some de- you'd need some caffeine if you got the at loan job uh, what happened
4: no look at i um i'm obviously re- recently retired i was looking for an opportunity that one came up and um, there was a bit of contact carl shepherd was involved in it with me and um, i had a re- at the time i had a responsibility with Minute that i was taking care of them and it was helping out there as assistant manager there so it was just something that i thought if something came of it and um, it looked like it might at one stage and then it kind of nothing came of it but um there's only so many clubs in the country within the League of Ireland set up. So if if any of them were coming up, I was always going to uh, express a bit of interest. And to be fair, I thought initially there was it was reciprocated that they had kind of you know there was a couple of chats and that, but it came to nothing in the end. But um, look at I, I'm 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 eager, I'm hungry, and I'm looking around the league for 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 things like that. And loan was just one of them at that moment that came up. And I know it got a bit of media stuff and publicity that we were in for it, but. Um,
1: unfortunately he just came to nothing at the end uh, well maybe maybe fortunately unfortunately um you and shepherd is that a thing then um. like not not in a kind of a sexual way or i mean maybe it is. I, is it a, I mean no, it probably no. not. Um, he's actually away on his way Sunday with the missus i think at the moment because we haven't been inviting him on the show here or there obviously after you've turned us down before but yeah. you're obviously mates and you're thinking of going into no look at it. carl me have
4: been friends for years it's someone i trust a bit of loyalty um you know I think that I value those things and he values those things so you know when you're um, when you're trying to get involved with a team that's so important someone you trust and someone that has your back and he'd be someone that I would be interested in working with of course and um, we talk a lot and yeah, look at he's had a he has a profile within the league as well. Um, not all good, but sometimes you know it's not a bad thing either. <laughs> what is it about him that people that seems to be a people character? I, I I'm a big fan of we. Yeah, no, and, and me too. Listen, the thing about him is he's a, he's a great character, and we were only chatting about it recently. He was like, it's important to realize, like you as a player does not necessarily reflect you as a coach. You know, and he probably played to that. He knew what motivated him. He knew how to just gruntle things, and that was his thing. But. Great, honest guy and someone that I look forward to in the future for myself and a person I've been working with because, as I said, uh, he's a good coach. He had a, he's had a good career himself. You know, both of us know this league so so much uh, more than it's the common man. You know, we've played in it for so many years. We've achieved a lot and he's just someone that I, I look forward to working with.
2: hopefully uh, Yeah, I mean, you were teammates, of course, in the, the first Irish team to make the, the group stages of a, a competition at Rovers with Paddy Cavanagh in last week talking about that. Um, do you fancy the current Rovers crop could could get to group stage football? What do you reckon?
4: Absolutely, yeah. I thought I thought they were excellent there. I watched them last week. I didn't see the game last night, but uh, the first leg they were they were exceptional. Um, they have such a strong depth and squad, and you know they're they're a team really full of momentum now at the minute. And the players that aren't even involved at the minute that are you know they were part of successful teams in the past, so they have experience. They have depth in squad. They're playing well. They're full of confidence. They look like they're running away with the league at the minute. So yeah, it's all there for them now.
2: I was I was thinking about this last night that like you say you're a Dundalk 2016 team I think like in 10 years time I could probably still be able to give people a starting 11 and then the little changes if was like you from McMillan, and then there was that sort of McElhenney Benson Finn you know there was always maybe one position and I know Paddy Barrett came in for Gartland um, when he was injured but then otherwise was pretty set but this Rovers one's a bit harder you know like you, you're sort like what is their what is their team here and I don't know, like, is that just a reality that you you maybe need that squad now? Like, like, Could Dundalk have even benefited from more depth at the time or was your tightness yeah. maybe a strength too, if you know what I mean?
4: Maybe, and that probably explains why I'm going to more games to try and keep up with the, the, the common yeah. trends. Like the Rovers, you, you couldn't predict their team game to game. It's just they have this abundance of talent there. But it's it's such a great thing to have. I actually think probably if you think back to the 2011 team at Shamrock Rovers under Michael O'Neill, yeah. we probably had two 11s basically in training some days where you'd be going it'd be better than uh, other League of uh, Ireland, O'Donnell
2: or. wasn't really a starter as such like no. all the time well, we Hang had on. we had up
4: front there was Gary Twig myself Carl Shepherd, Gary O'Neill Dean Kelly and uh, like there was and times you might only play one he used to play four for two but you know two two or three of us weren't playing every week the same in the middle the other players like maybe wouldn't have been included week to week would have been conor mccormick stevie o'donnell chris turner royce there was just it was the whole way through mm. back fours as well it was it was, it was an incredible uh, team and that was the only one i compared to it where like you know everyone probably expected oh, i should be starting i should be starting. but look at that comes with a management uh, issue as well because you know you got to keep everyone happy at times and everyone wants to play every week but there doesn't seem to be any of those issues really that, that I've heard of coming out where I want no. to play every week he, 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 it's been managed great there from a coaching point of view too so they seem to be in, a, in an ideal position at the minute I suppose was, the one uh, thing uh, about
2: 2016 I mean, you did get what nailed in training and you missed Warsaw away and then all of a sudden you know, Michael O'Connor is thrown in for his debut, pretty much off the bench. Yeah. That is the point, isn't well, it? The dog were caught short in that situation. Yeah,
1: uh, a man extra with what twenty to go, and if they had you to bring on, who knows? Genuinely,
4: yeah, yeah no, I always. Isn't that now that I retired? It's, that's probably the sore spot for me looking back. The what ifs because the next two European games, I came on and I scored the equaliser, and, Akbar, and the winner against Tel Aviv, mm. and I always keep them. think like, that was a Champions League. You know, at half an hour against ten men, I think, I, I, as you said, you knew what was coming. The, the the changes would have made themselves. We probably would have went two up top, nothing to lose, One yeah. up out and unleash you. So, um, yeah, look at that's as you said, maybe this, the depth of the squad wasn't as deep there. But um, look at, I don't think we can have any regrets but from that campaign. What you know. came out of
1: that then was like as you mentioned, you are scoring two games and you're leading. Uh, you're you're in the in that in running table. You're seven points with twenty minutes to go against and uh, It's mad. Who was the best manager you worked under? Um,
4: I I'll obviously I'd probably have to say Stephen Kenny, and um, mm. for what he did for me personally as well, and where he took me from, and the the faith, the times he showed me, and I like to feel like I repaid him too. What is that
1: though? Like what when he, what, if we for, for the place he took you from personally? How do you mean? Like
4: well, like I think Stephen probably took me from the stands in Inchicore as a kind of a. Um, you know, uh, not a broken character, but a man who wasn't playing week to week. He didn't sign me as the best player in the league at that particular moment. He signed me because he probably had a bit of faith in me and put that in me. So I'm always going to be indebted for that reason. um Michael O'Neill as well was was excellent in both, and them obviously went on to manage their national teams and all. And it was, and and very different styles, but um, just on a personal level, obviously I worked with Stephen for many more years as well, and uh, and you know even tactically and stuff like that, he got a lot right with me too. So. Um, on a personal level, I'd, I'd be going with Stephen Kenny. Mm.
2: We had a question here from the, the brilliantly named Jessica Fletcher fan account. Um, ask Kildof how many of the Europa League Team of the Week players you could name. So this is a, the Team of the Week from September... 2016, that would have been the, the, the game you scored against Maccabi Tel Aviv. Can you remember who was in the team of the week that week, their 11? Because there's a little picture of the 11, the 11 heads from around Europe and you're on the left of a front three. I'm not sure if yeah. it's na- na- naturally your best position. <laughs>
4: be probably right down the middle. <laughs> no, I, To be honest, if I tried to name it for you I wouldn't be able to but I know I was up front with Totti. Yes. Yeah, Totti's
2: on the right of the front three. How do you reckon that dynamic would have worked in terms of like the press and sort of various discussions like you know. Yeah, I don't think either of us would have been
4: pressing back then. <laughs> was, um, at the time I was coming back from a few injuries but um
1: no nah, look I remember I, I it was um, mad, though, wasn't it? When you look at that, like this.
2: this Leon Bailey was in it. Look at Leon Bailey; was in that yeah. team. This uh, actually happened. Chris and from- you scored two two
1: games in a row in the Europa League group stages, like mm. one one against one with ten men, where you like muscle a, a former a subsequent Premier League player off the ball, then you score, and you're that close to being seven points from three games. This actually happened.
4: Yeah. No. Look, uh, that isn't. No, I, I was part of some league winning title things and they were all great but that was the greatest adventure and experience of my life never even to do it football it was just one of those times where things were just going well for me personally it was great but it was also going well for Dave Mack and players like that my my friends like we were all getting our moments and they were being handed out like we were flying from Russia home for cup finals and Mm -hmm. you know we won the league and it was just a brilliant time and something that like you'll I'm so proud of to have been part of but yeah, your, I'm,
2: I'm showing you the screen of the team of the week now yeah. like is it just
1: I wonder if they're getting quizzed about this now. it's just, it's just me, Toddy remember you were team of the week in 2016 <laughs> they're
5: like what happened at home I he's,
1: sort of he's, at lawn, he's a basket case he's crazy um, actually but keeping on the League of Ireland team i uh, I've uh, Sort of the clubs that you may potentially manage. Is Kildare a thing that could happen? I definitely get the sound in that Kildare, like Kerry, you are likely in the league. Interesting comments from Gary O'Neill about it actually. So it's going to just some reservations about the quality, whereas Kildare actually has a load of potential players straightforward.
4: Yeah, I think there's a quarter of a million people or something close living in Kildare and mm. no team to represent it. And I just even think from the grassroots level up, it'd be great to have, like we're on about academies leading in, it'd be great for Kildare football, like it will be great for Kerry football to have something to aspire to and um, I know it was done in the past with Clare County and it probably didn't go well but I think football as a whole now has moved on a little bit and we're kind of going you know, everyone's kind of nearly excited because it's Galway Cork it's two regions representing each oh, other yeah. there's a little bit of rivalry there but you would probably need that more in the league you know the I played for a lot of the Dublin clubs but I didn't geographically I didn't have many other options Dundalk was probably where mm. I played as well but geographically still on the east coast you know what I mean so was Would you
1: be thinking like Nace in terms of potential that's what I was told as opposed to I was told Nace is more cosmopolitan than Newbridge was what I was told Yeah, yeah.
4: no perhaps and this, it probably has to be done right and mm. like you, you learn from previous mistakes they'll probably have learned from the why oh, I, I don't really know the, the reasons behind it uh, personally but you know they'll have learned from what happened what went wrong with Kildare County but I do think there has been a shift in in mindset now maybe within the country going now nah, you know what it would be great to have a team from Kerry it'd be great to have a team from Kildare and I'm sure other counties as well will be looking to push their names forward and, go, yeah. and if that is something that comes to light I think it'll just benefit the country and, and football mm. within it because all of those kids that I'm talking about in Kildare areas They probably have to commute to Dublin to play at the level they want to play at, to have any aspirations of making it if that's what they want to do. So, yeah, geographically it would make sense for there. we would probably fall into the whole pit though of being so close to Dublin that Mm. Oh, well, you know, it's still only half an hour down the road but for the people of Caldera it'd be nice to have a
1: representation totally.
4: Well,
2: speaking of people commuting John Russell is someone who's commuting at the moment because he's he's managing Sligo Rovers but living in Castle Bar as you it's mentioned as you mentioned quite pointedly as you mentioned in this clip so we have two European games I think by the time most people listen to this the games will be tonight so it's Sligo Rovers the second leg against Ballot Town and then you'll notice and the I,
1: seamless transition into the keynote. Well, question Johnny you wouldn't Ward even know.
2: master editor there's a little like one minute you're going to listen to John John Russell here and the next thing it's going to become a slightly gruffer younger person <laughs> takes over around three minutes into this clip so um, obviously Jerry City play Rega, we'll, we'll chat about that in a minute but Sliger Rovers ballot Town tomorrow and, and Johnny had uh, some words with members of the Slug Rovers camp
1: How happy were you with the reaction John of the players because it was such a bad start obviously last week Yeah I thought it was brilliant Johnny
6: and they've done that now Two weeks in a row, it was the same against Shelburne, where we have conceded a deflected shot. And, you know, to go behind, away from home in Europe, you're always looking for that reaction and response. And the players stuck to the game plan. I felt we grew into the game then and we controlled it for large spells. And, um, you know, we, we got back to one all, went 2-1 up then after half time and looked like we were going to get a third goal. And then the sending off kind of changed the game. And the mentality of the group to... defend the box and and see how the game was
1: outstanding and you know it bodes well for us going forward yeah well we had greg bulger on the podcast and he said you sort of changed the training regime a bit when you come in what were they subtle changes or were they kind of wholesale changes um i suppose you can ask aiden uh, he's on the call here
6: (laughs) he he can tell you um but no i'd like to think yeah i I revamped the whole thing my own ideas of how i think we should be training as professional footballers and um yeah, we're we're in a lot more, you know, we're doing a lot of video analysis and preparation work, analyzing our own style of play and um between set plays and and the four moments of the game. So look, it is relentless, but if you want to be the best and you want to close the gap on Shamrock Rovers, you've got to be in and you got to get your work done. And I think the, the players are enjoying it.
1: And you want to be the best, obviously.
6: Yeah, I wouldn't take the job otherwise. I I, I was the same as a player, my mentality is I want to get to the top and um I feel that the group of players we have here,
1: they're all hungry, they want to achieve things and yeah, we want to win games. Um so the, the role of a manager versus a manager is obviously completely different in that you are deferring to the manager and now you come in and
6: you are the boss. Like yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's I gotta make the big decisions now between team selection, between designing training sessions, to you know. Um, the, the schedule to where we want to go and yeah I've got to influence the, the committee the board here I've got to influence the staff the players the, the whole community and um, I'm looking forward to the challenge How important is it that you qualify and face Motherwell then? Look, we've got ambitions as a group you know we've won the first leg we're fully focused on trying to win this next game, and and that's it. You know, people are talking about Motherwell, and you know that that's fine. And but for us within the group, all we're focused on is Thursday night. That's no slip-ups. And um, we're at home. We're in good form at the moment, and
1: we just need to play that ninety minutes and make sure we win the game. Just just finally, what's it like in being the manager of Sligo Rovers? Because like it's it's a football crazy town. I'm sure every day you're walking along the street, people talk to you. And have you enjoyed it so far?
6: Yeah, look, I'm I'm, I'm loving the role. Um, probably helps I don't live in Sligo. <laughs> um, I can uh, you moved to Castle
1: Bar, didn't you? Yeah,
6: I did. Yeah, yeah. So I can I can drive home for an hour and have a bit of peace and quiet in the car. <laughs> and I don't have to be bumping into people like some of the players and uh, the shops and stuff. But uh, yeah, look, as long you know, as it's shops have... anyway. What's that? As, as long you know, as it shop? is the shops, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. are no, well behaved at the moment. Um, but yeah, look, I know all the people up here, in the community. I played as a player, worked as the development officers. I know all the, the people in, and it's a football mad town. Um, and ultimately, Johnny, they just want to see players go out and give their all every game. You know what I mean? Some days they'll have off days. But once players are, are working hard and they're, they're giving everything, that's all the, player, or the fans want up here. Do you, do you think you're at your peak in terms of your career now or have
1: you played better before?
3: I think I may be at my best now, but I wouldn't say I'm in my peak. I think there's a lot of things still to improve on and, and get better on. Hopefully, you know, we, we can all kick on. What can you improve on? I don't know, um, everything, I think improving on everything, you know, I'm 23, I've got a few years to, to improve on everything, I don't think it's just any part of the game that's the finished product. And, like,
1: how have you found the sort of, the, the style of football in the League of Ireland? you you know what kind of second balls from Bala and all that, and you've you've been around the block in Britain, like, what's it like in the League of Ireland, is it different?
3: Yeah, I think the fact that, you know, most teams in the league want to play football and want to get down and move it is you know much easier to, to settle into because that's what would suit me
1: did you was it any sort of um range for you lean buckley to go because i think he was kind of aware of you from the patch days
3: what do you mean by that sorry
1: so lean buckley going like he kind of had a bit of a relationship obviously before he came in and what's it like when a manager leaves like that
3: yeah it was tough fight. i obviously have a lot of respect for him he gave me my debut when I was 17 and then brought me back home again here to saigo but... You know, um, that's football. At the, at the same time, it was disappointing at the time, but we've got to move on. And luckily, under John, we've we've started well, and hopefully, we can kick on now.
1: Aidan Keane has just turned twenty three, which is kind of mad. He just—I I have to say—I'd never heard of him. Don't remember him being a Pats. Rise from Falkirk. You Do, like? Do not remember being a Pats? No. Just there are parts of your League of Ireland. Uh, you know, following history. You just, like, forget large tracks of it. Maybe he's just getting old. I don't remember Aitken Keena.
2: No, he was barely involved, to in be history. fair. but like, I don't remember. Mullingar, no, but he's Mullingar. He, the point, he's not in that clip, but he did speak about, and even though Athlone is down the road, he mentioned that, like, he's pretty much the only person in Mullingar playing mm. um senior football that he's aware of. And it's a classic case, again, of one of these parts of the country where it's 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 hard to break into the League of Ireland unless you get out of there early as he did to go to mm-hmm. Dublin at 16 and this is Liam Buckley,
1: Buckley is gone now but this was a brilliant signing like this was a serious signing he I mean the goal he got in well it was in England but the goal he got against Bala serious quality I was at the game in Talla where Rovers battered them. he got an unbelievable goal this lad can play I don't know if you've seen much from Keller, Oh, I have no to be honest I saw a lot of him at the
4: start of the year and he started like a house on flood mm. fire and I remember um, his A I think he's eight, represented by Patrick Conliffe who I would speak to regularly enough about all things football and he was telling me, yeah, he's got a great chance and I think there might have been a couple of months where he kind of cooled off a bit mm. and started so well but now he's looked like a man on fire again and you know, listen, strikers pride themselves on goals and when you're, when you're in a good run of form and you know, obviously scoring in Europe now as well, I'm, I'd be excited to see how he does tonight because um, listen, it's great to have strikers coming back and it's a great story as well, you know, we, like I was telling my stories, where he didn't work out for my Pats or other clubs, and now he's going somewhere else to just fit it in, and then things are going well. So it just shows you how mm. uh, how fickle the sport can be at times.
2: John Russell, did you play with John Russell? Was there any crossover at Pats or no? Not quite uh, no. no
4: he just left. To think. And I think I I know John well as in playing against him enough times and meet some mutual friends back in the day and that's so, Yeah, um, I was delighted to see him. He's been a great servant to Sligo, and, and he, you know he, he he started great as well. You know it'd be great for him to get through this round. already even. You know for what it mean to the club. And, and um, again, another young manager who's getting an opportunity and hopefully going to take it. Yeah. I just
1: find the, I kind of alluded to this interview, I just find the transition kind of in, intriguing in this. Why did it suddenly change when he went from assistant manager to manager? So is there a hierarchy where you don't say like we need to train differently here? Because it sounds like they've totally changed their training re- re- regime in the space. Of.
2: Why, would that th- why would that be massively surprising? Like, I mean Have you ever worked in an office where someone leaves and someone takes over, they'll try and put their own stamp and things? But he was the assistant.
1: Yeah. Do you, know, do you, get, do you get what I'm saying? So John obviously has his own ideas, was highly touted for a long time. But it's interesting because it, it, the implication is that they weren't training to the way that he'd like, but John was the assistant. So I, it's kind of an interesting one for me. I don't know how the dynamic works.
4: Yeah, like, I uh, imagine it's as simple as probably John, John wasn't in control, you mm. know, and that's not. And to he it. wasn't, yeah. Yeah, and now he is, and he can make those adjustments, slight adjustments, like, I have no knowledge of what was going on there, With mm. you know, Liam Buckley sessions were probably fine too, but John now gets full control of what, the way he wants to do it, and I'm, I'm sure they didn't just give it to him, I'm sure he interviewed for it, they asked him to pick his brain, what are your plans, and he would have laid it all out for them, and, and he's gone with it, and... Um, so far, so and good. he's Ryan
1: Casey with him now So it'll be uh, it, It's another fascinating young manager
4: Fascinating <laughs> yeah. It's different,
2: different to interesting um, Yeah but it's uh, Like Was European record Is dismal by the way mm. Like they're Euro- I was just looking at this morning Like I mean across uh, I know the league itself Doesn't have a glorious record But um, I mean I think they They got through one tie In 94-95 And then they beat Banga from Lithuania when John Coleman was manager every other year they've been in Europe they've lost in the first round and that they qualified five times in the space of six years around that time they were winning cups and leagues and st- well, one league and they've always gone out at the, the first hurdle so it's a big deal for them even if it's only Ballot totally. <laughs> and it's you know it's a team they probably should be beating um, it was a mad game Like I watched two games Last Thursday the, the did You euro- watched Derry as well I, I watched So I, I watched Sligo I spent my whatever 14, 15 euro on watching the Sligo game And then I did buy The second half Of the Derry match And The one thing I would say is They were The pitch in both games Was horrendous I mentioned it earlier I mean Derry if you have patching And, and Patrick McElhenney On your team and stuff You need a surface Where the ball moves Is it not and, watered? Um, so it wasn't watered Before the game Um. For some reason, and I've heard it suggested, I am not. I don't know if this is true, but I think if you water before the game, you then by rules have to water at half time. And I'm not sure how feasible that was, right? So, listen, someone could correct me from there in this, but there was definitely a watering issue. It was chronically bad. And I don't think it's regarded as the worst artificial no, pitch. No, because it's relatively one. new. Um, but it was... Honestly, you watch the game what? for five, ten minutes and you're looking at this going, oh no.
1: I, I, what's your opinion on this? Because like um, the talk that Terryland might be converted to Astro just because it makes sense in some respects, I would hate it. I, I don't like AstroTurf, but you've played on them many times. Yeah, obviously. Including, including Oriol. Oh I mean, we right. trained and played on it. and. Mm
4: whenever we had to, and listen, it didn't cause me much issues, but the watering issue might be something uh, that's news to me, but I remember at Dundalk, we were hell-bent on always having to water, it just moves, the ball wouldn't glide as Mm. well, Um, and yeah, I don't know if we got the the local fire brigade in to do ours at times but like it, we literally soaked it before the match and soaked it at, at, at half time as well and it just moved better for us Um
2: they were even at the darker times you would see one half of the pitch being soaked at half time <laughs> <on laughs> it's, like, it's like the, the ball boys going missing in the game a couple of weeks ago everyone their little marginal games but you have like, a like, groundsman who
1: prides himself or herself on the pitch, and if, if we're going astroturf from the brandy astroturf and Oriel, astroturf and Galway, sure, it's just another astroturf pitch. Like, Terryland is uh, a unique place. Like,
2: somebody, I mean, listen, Harry Taffin, the Dock was very proud of protecting that pitch as well. well to one be half fair. it anyway, well, second half,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean, yeah. yeah. But it's astroturf, Dan. There's only so much you can do, and obviously, then the temptation is to use it and to make money from it and to train on it. And then it gets, I didn't realize Jerry was that bad. I only when you well, said the problem it. we
2: have is that, like, I, I agree with your point, right? Fundamentally, I would would be anti it but he has a situation where like the Sligo Rovers pitch was disgraceful at the start of the year. The grass pitches were all in bad nick with a handful of exceptions. That's why I mentioned Drogheda being good. Tala consistently good. Mm. A lot of the other ones were very poor this season. Mm. No, absolutely. So, so they were an impediment to, to football too. Yes, the ideal world scenario, I think, is grass pitches. I'm pretty sure if you ask Stephen O'Donnell or Rory Higgins, say what type of pitches they would prefer, it would be grass. But there's, but there's reasons mm. for it and it might be addressed. But anyway, to go back to the point, I mean, the Sligo Rovers game was chaotic as well. I mean, it was... Now, that that pitch um, is like a, it's, it's almost like a hockey pitch in terms of how it plays and the ball was sort of bouncing everywhere in the first 10-15 minutes and it was it was a Carlos Sullivan at one stage just booted the ball under no pressure at the edge of his own box behind for a corner and you're just looking at this going like these are such big games for the players involved no matter like like there's whatever 300 grand at stake for the club there's probably player bonuses that, you know, be factored into that to be reasonably yeah. good. And if you're and a player, like, you're
1: dying to play Motherwell.
2: And you want to play... Yeah, I mean, it's, like, Motherwell's been starting to talk about like the Real Madrid. No, but it's an like, SVL team. No, it's, no it's, but it's, it's, it's a big game. And it's... There's too much on the publicity of ah, Motherwell. No. Just because we, we know the name. Like, I mean, it, it's Motherwell, right? It's not it's not Alkmaar you know Maccabi Tel Aviv or one of these teams people are they're putting Motherwell on some kind of pedestal here if they start talking about Motherwell in those terms you're not going to realise you can actually beat them Oh you get it right they they absolutely will like like Kilmarnock got beaten by Connors Key a couple Mm. of years ago so I mean I I understand where the attention comes from because it's you know, don't play Scottish teams too often, but like there's a little a bit too much of. It, they'll be very excited to play Waterwell. A lot of them have probably played against clubs like this before in their life. And Ross Tyranny and so on. That's that's a by the buy. buy. Um, but but I don't know. I I think um, I would hope that the game was a little bit more of a football match in in Sligo because they bring the lead home. And they're not chasing, and there's a bit of a psychology oh, around yeah, controlling that. But I think if they be grand. they they should be fine. Um, the dairy ones, like I, I don't know, a a what have you been at dairy this year? From what you've seen of them,
4: yeah, obviously their, their start was exceptional. They they were flying. Um... I think that was obviously they'd be disappointed with that result that they've had. They've had their own injury problems as well. Obviously, Michael Duffy and people has not like
2: played yet. When you think about it, like yeah, it's
4: great. He was a massive signing for them, and obviously, one of the best players in the league. and They're trying to survive without him. Um, you know, McGonagall's got a couple of goals, Patrick McElhenny's coming back as well. To you know, there's a lot going for them as well. But Europe is hard, you, you need to be nearly at full strength for, for these games. I played, actually, didn't play, I was with Pats when we played Riga. A couple of years yeah. ago, and um, they're a good, they're a good setup. They're a good team. They're, they're they're strong. They're physical. But it was always going to be a tough tie. I think you said earlier looking at players for one point five Yeah, million, like yeah. They're, they're dealing with different resources. They're on a different uh, level, probably um, financially and stuff like that, than we are. And it was always a tough tie. But we always want, obviously, our teams to put up their best foot forward, and maybe. As I said, through injuries or, or, or otherwise, they just they're probably having to, be able to do that so far.
2: Yeah, so it does seem like they've hit a bad patch just at the wrong time for for Europe. Albeit they did win the last games in the league, but even probably not with sort of you know vin- vintage, vintage decisions, decisions and that. But I wouldn't totally to give <sighs> up on them. Matty Smith, like it should, like that was not a red card, mm. but I would say, you know, for a home tie in the Brandywell, they probably weren't if you look at their recent home record actually it hasn't been great mm. uh, Like you can, you could argue maybe the pitches isn't doing much for them and they, they, their previous home games to play in Riga I think they dropped points at home to draw down Finn Harps so it's not as if it's a fortress in the way that Oriole actually is for the dog this year it hasn't been that way for the, Derry
1: there was definitely echoes for me of the press conference in Warsaw when I was saying to Dan we're having a beer the night before the game and I was saying like, the way Kenny is talking here, they're going to be so open. They're going to, you're going to lose 5-0 He said they're not going to there lose 5-0. They were 2-0 down, and he was like, we have to go for it. But that I'm paraphrasing, but I was like, they're 2-0 down. But Rory Higgins like, we're 2-0 down, but we have to still believe we can do this. And you never know. They need a goal. Well,
2: you know the psychology of that situation. If you're chasing a two-goal lead, I know you weren't, unfortunately, involved in, in Warsaw, but I'm, I guess you'd be very much aware of the, the preparations. It's about, if you can just get one and put them in a, on yeah. a little bit of a sticky wicket.
4: 100%. I think not that they're, they're definitely writing off, but there's that obviously less pressure as well. You feel like maybe most people are probably writing you off going, mm. the tie is gone. And I kind of had that when, if you think back to Rovers 2011 Paris and Belgrade, yeah. we, we lost at home to them and we had to go out. It was one all, at all, sorry, sorry, one, one all. McCabe, at home. Yeah, but yeah. We, were, we were literally behind in the tie. Yeah. You know, yeah. And they had go, we had to go out there and now. And they were good for 60 minutes and we kind of threw the kitchen sink at But I remember thinking out there, no, we're not out of this yet. Do you know what I mean? And it just crazy European nights happen, and you know, think you get an early goal, they get nervy and stuff. I wouldn't be writing it off to see how it goes. Now on the other side of things, if they're not, if they're not at it, and and, and Riga scored again, it's probably curtains of that yeah. stage, but Belgrade
2: like, was an like Belgrade was an amazing game. To, I was at it, and like, I mean, you know, you come on and had such an impact, but you could actually feel the atmosphere in the stadium changing. You could feel the momentum. You could almost physically feel that momentum in shifting. The leg. In the away like yeah, yeah. Shifting towards... you. Because you had a couple of let-offs. They scored early, I think, but then the Sullivan goal... And you could just feel their doubt levels were sort of creeping up 100%. as it went on. Uh,
4: listen, I, I, I think... We made subs and it was so hot out there, at the, and it was just one of those magic nights where it was written for us. Uh, they got a man sent off then with frustration. He kicked chef. Yeah. It was three subs come on and combined for the for the for the penalty was. I think I oh, hit the shot. Shep won the pen and Stevie stuck it away. And it was just literally one of those nights where everything went unbelievably. Right. It, went. So it was a good night out afterwards it. it. was a good night out afterwards. In fairness, so actually, in fairness, me and Shep just went home. We we re-watch the match for when we come on. And I remember everyone else kept <laughs> <going. We watched laughs> we went I was just the thinking, reason. It never even like does, does Pat even, Sullivan's goal. Ah, whatever.
2: Does even Serbian lads want to kick chef? I mean, when you <laughs> yeah. think about it, like you know. <laughs> no we, we
4: literally. We, I remember uh, the, the flight home as well. Like we were waiting in the airport. We were coming from the hotel and we're getting the draw for the groups. Like it was, it was <sighs> special. Time. I actually
2: I have a vague memory that he treat something, or was something about that. <laughs> there was a bit of simulation in his dive. Something, something oh, springs. theatrical Something right? springs <laughs> to my mind about that being a being a thing at the time. But it's it's almost in the Nobody remembers
1: TVOD Like uh, making this 80 yard run And blocking the ball off the line In extra time yeah. Before But the I remember
2: the, the kid uh, Markovic come on Lazar Markovic yeah. Who ended up at Liverpool, Liverpool A couple yeah. of years wow. later He was like maybe what 17 or 18 And he was thrown into it And I remember actually Stevie making a good Good tackle I, That was that was What a nice that was a I was there But, but so the, point,
4: the point I'm just saying On that was Sorry Looking at Derry tonight I mean You're never out of those things I know you're saying that was But I remember going out there Even Batte Mm. Like a bat day After be being yeah. Well bet out there One down You're kind of going And then you win 3-0 And it's just A magic European night And Irish clubs For whatever reason Can pull one out of the bag mm. Sometimes And you never know What could happen In that tight tonight
2: You, you just wanted to be alive With half an hour to go Don't you mm. and that's then, all, if, Stay if it comes, in the game I think yeah. that's the
4: thing For the Irish If you stay in a game Long enough You never know mm. um, uh, What is that one If you hang around The barbershop long enough Sooner or later You're going to get a haircut And mm. I think maybe If they stay in that game Tonight with half an hour to go Maybe.
2: Whatever happened to your barber who used to just stand out on the road and drag people in for a haircut? I moved. You moved. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're no longer Jamie, in his neck of the woods.
1: Jamie, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been great having you on, and We're going to get to our quiz. Yeah, last yeah, week. Have, you, have we got a... I last, do. Last week's winner. Last week's
2: answer was... The, the Last week's question was about the Premier Division... Sorry, the European manager this year who hadn't won a League of Ireland Premier Division title. So um, Russell obviously did... Um, Stephen Bradley has And also Rory Higgins But the exception is Tim Clancy The winner of The Porthouse House Brews is James Lowe James Lowe um, not, the, the not the rugby player he who could be bored In New Zealand yeah. yeah
1: He's obviously New Zealander So he's you know. well, He's probably
2: He's a home then Obviously yeah. that, that's That's an accurate This week's um, question Simple question Rick
1: Barnett actually himself Really? Speaking of, oh, James Lowe, yeah. James yeah. Lowe is a really, really, from little I know about rugby, he's one of the dudes, one of the lads you like dudes. to have a pint with. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. yeah. But he's, he's a Kiwi, like um, you know, okay. half our teams. Um, like.
2: The question is who was the manager for Athlone Town's last Premier Division game in the League of Ireland? The last time they were in the League of Ireland, who That's was the manager? That's good question. Yeah. So um, get your yeah. answers in via Twitter or Instagram at LOI Central Pod on both occasions. This what are you doing
1: day to day, by the way, before you go? Just working
4: a bit actually with. There's a bit of good work going with Kildare GAA as well. So, no, leaks up. yeah, no, hard to believe. You but and Shane yeah.
2: Keegan's doing stuff for Le- least years.
4: I met Shane on a course there recently. We were chatting all things League of Ireland as well. Yeah, so.
2: So, GAA is basically like. It's got such. T- the tentacles to be able to employ people That it's actually providing work That <laughs> yeah. isn't actually Gaelic Athletic <laughs> Amateur association no, no, I'm
4: enjoying it in fairness yeah. no, I look at it It's a, it's a good job And it's, I'm down with But just close to home as mm. well and I'm enjoying my Bit of work with the club So yeah that's keeping me busy Leak Slip Nathan Collins Territory of course Big time i mean in one of the schools so He's a you know, He's a big hero down there With all the kids and that So How would he not be
2: Yeah Yeah This week's fixtures Johnny Aside, from, aside from Cork v Galway, which is obviously the only fixture in your mind, um, like, like Pats, Ston- pa- Pat's, well Pat's Dock is on Friday. Which the first Patston Dock game, you had that massive sort of tension about O'Donnell's return, and, and now, now it's like it's sort of moved on, it's sort of semi normalized in um, some way. What, actually, what have you made of O'Donnell's impact at Dock?
4: That's unbelievable. I think you couldn't probably imagine in such a short period they'd be where they'd be. Um, obviously, it's ahead of schedule
2: had of schedule but uh, it's
4: great you know And hope that doesn't come with um, you know the, the the expectation and the pressure it's still a work in progress there do you know what I mean I think if they could get a European spot this year it would be a huge achievement um, in such a short period of time but Stevie's worked miracles up there and, and himself and Padge and and all of them up there so best of
1: luck to them
2: yeah so we've got Drada. Trada,
1: Bose, uh, Pat Stundock, Finn Harps, Derry and uh, probably well, not a bad time for UCD to play slide well they're there on Sunday we should on clarify Sunday. Finn
2: Harps, Derry and Sliger Rovers UCD are on Sunday and then what else have we got on first division wise Johnny
1: in the first division obviously all eyes are on uh, John Caulfield's not his like return but he's back he's, um, been, already, he's been there already John. back against the Champions elect Cork City um, Cove Ramblers uh, under Shane Keegan play Watford who probably seem to have slipped away from the playoff um, from the from the title race now Bray Wanderers Treaty and uh, El um, what do they call it again El Clasico the long for that derby which could have been part of your life killer uh, but obviously isn't
2: let's wrap this show Johnny it's a long young, this, is, killer. this outro is nearly as long as your intro so yeah. uh, we're done with this
1: thanks Colin Healy uh, we obviously heard from the lads as well and thanks for listening we shall be back next week when the European Odyssey continues